but avoiding the histamine is really important. The hereditary alpha tryptosemia is genetic and it basically means that when my mast cells degranulate, one of the chemicals that it releases is called tryptase and that tryptase does produce some symptoms. I was so fortunate. She gave, The book comes out at the end of the month. I started reading it. I could not put it down. It's one of the most incredible things I've read in a long time. I think part of it was just like Lynn with the depression, anxiety. I had that for so many years. I feel like most of my adult life I was searching for what I kept going on all of these and they did nothing for my depression or anxiety. So I'm searching for this answer and it is in this book. That's why I was just getting so fired up about this book. The last several pages of the book are just all of these sources and science. And it's, I can't wait till it comes out so people can see it because I really truly believe it's going to help so many people that are hopeless with depression or anxiety. So mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, 14, 15 year old boys need, need their meat. They need the fat. It's healthy for their brains, for their going to school and being able to think and focus in class. So as close as you can get them to carnivore, you know, I, I wouldn't fight them too much like when they're out with their friends and stuff, but whatever you can do at home, you know, do it. It'll be better. It'll be good for them. And I don't know that if how I don't think I don't know if boys are going to complain about being fed really good fatty meat that tastes right? delicious. Yes. Like eat as much of this as you want. Mm -hmm. Right. It's good for them. And just maybe start, give them the, give them the meat first. Yep. You know, let them fill up on it. This question made me think of my uh, other, I've got a lot of carnivore friends, but Jeff DeProsperous, <laughs> blessings on my journey. He has two boys um, that are in that age range and they're both carnivore um, and they're, they're thriving. Carrie here for the carnivore diet movie. And thank you so much for watching our YouTube videos and listening to our podcasts. It's because of you and your support that we're able to do this carnivore diet documentary. We're making great progress and I'm not going to stop until we reach millions of people. But we still need to raise more funds in order to film this properly to the level needed to get it on one of these big streaming services. So we're asking for your help. If you would, please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. And once you're there, you can sign up for free to our email newsletter. And once a week, we'll be sending out updates behind the scenes. Uh, we'll tell you about new meetups. We'll give you special invites and things like that. Completely free. Sign up there. The other thing you can do at the website is purchase our little portable travel size Redmond salt shaker with a keychain holder. People have been loving these. We offered them on our 24-hour live stream. You can purchase these right on the website and every proceed, every penny that we get from profit goes right towards the carnivore diet documentary. And the other thing we have there are the water bottles and the cutting boards. They're completely customizable and you can engrave them. Every penny from those goes to support the Carnivore Diet documentary. You can also uh, link on over to the GoFundMe. That's where we'll get the most bang for your buck is there. So please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. Thank you. Hello and welcome. Carrie here from Healing Humanity, the power of a proper human diet. And I have the pleasure of having my friend Lynn from Midlife Carnivore on. How are you doing, Lynn? Very good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing your story and learning more about it. I, I watched some of your video you did with JT, Poco Moonshine Family. And I, I just wanted to thank you as well. Lynn has been amazing, incredibly generous with her time, helping with Healing Humanity, the documentary um, on all sorts of behind the scenes stuff. 
like really dedicating a ton of time to it. And I really appreciate it, Lynn. So I'm very um, happy to help. It's uh, it means a lot and we need the help. So yeah, it's <laughs> a worthy so cause for sure. It needs this documentary needs to happen. Yes, for sure. I'm so excited for the new year in 2024. And um, the last week I've been working on getting all the footage down so that we can edit it into the trailer. We had most of that done already, but um, there's it's people don't realize how much it is. I can't wait to share it with people. And when we get this pre-movie trailer, there's footage that we couldn't show on YouTube before that we're going to be able to show the public. So I'm really oh, excited awesome. for that. I was just finishing up some stuff we filmed with Jeff DeProsperous. So uh, it's moving along nicely. But um, anyways, enough about that. I was looking forward to hearing more about Lynn and her story. Maybe if we could start out, Lynn, could you tell us uh, maybe a little bit about yourself and what initially inspired you to start Carnivore Diet? Sure. So um, I am married 33 years, live with uh, my husband and my youngest is still with us. We live in Washington State, but I'm a California native, lived there the first 45 years of my life. Um, and I just recently had to retire from being a nurse um, February of last year due to medical a medical condition. Um, and I'll share a little bit more about what that is. But I went, but from the time I started having symptoms to the time I actually got a diagnosis was almost 35 years. Ooh. Because I have two, they're classified as rare diseases that um, didn't even have a name until maybe the last decade or so. And um, yeah, so I'm really anxious to share about them because one of them really we're finding is not really that rare. So there's probably a lot of people out there that may have it and just don't know what's wrong with them. So um, yeah, but I was, I had to go on medical leave in June of 2022 because uh, I was, my health was so poor and I could not safely take care of my patients. Um, and at that time I was doing outpatient nursing and I was actually doing a lot of like phone triage and working from home. So I wasn't even having to do the bedside nursing anymore. And I still couldn't, couldn't even think my brain wasn't working. I was in head to toe pain, exhaustion, um, very reactive for my disease. And I had had to go on medical leave. And then during the almost a whole year of being on medical leave where I, my energy levels were like nothing. And, um, I was getting so deconditioned and gaining even more weight. And I was already morbidly obese to start out with, but gaining even more weight, my lower back causing me problems, my hips, my knee. I knew I was going to be a cripple if I didn't do something because um, I could hardly walk anywhere without hurting myself. And I was limping around all over the place. And um, my husband, I had been on the carnivore diet back in uh, October of 2021. And I stopped, it was helping and I stopped. And so my husband just came to me and said, why don't you try it again? And at that point I was incredibly desperate and I just said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm, and I started it uh, the end of May of 2023 and was, there was no turning back. I have not cheated once. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, what, what were some of the first things you noticed after starting? Um, well, within a few days, I noticed an improvement in my inflammation. Um, and I had, you know, I had head to, toe, head to toe pain. It was muscle pain, bone pain, joint pain. Um, 
and the, it was all very inflammatory. My gut was an absolute mess. And just, it was, that was, that was the first thing. I've heard that from so many people that inflammation is the first thing that they notice an improvement with. Um, so, and I, of course I started losing weight. My, maybe when I started the carnivore diet, like I didn't weigh myself until maybe a couple, two, three days after I started. So my starting documented weight was 339 pounds, but I know I was over 340, um, when I actually started. And, um, so yeah, weight loss was definitely, definitely one of the things. And it took, I had horrible, horrible rosacea and brain fog and, you know, all just all the symptoms that come with my disease. It just, some of them were quicker to respond than others, but as the inflammation improved, um, everything has kind of improved along the way. It's been now, you know, over seven months. Um, but yeah, I, I can't even begin to say like my gut, my gut doesn't hurt anymore. My rosacea is so much better. If you want to show the picture of my rosacea, you yeah. can... <laughs> my rosacea was horrific. I looked like a leper. I could barely even, you know, wow. it was just so embarrassing to, you know, people would look at me and just, I felt like they were kind of maybe, maybe wanting to ask me, but not wanting to ask me <laughs> about what's going on with your face. Had, um, had anything ever helped with rosacea? Rosacea. I'm not that familiar with rosacea. Did anything ever help with it at no, all? No, no. And I, it would come and go. And, you know, I really came to the conclusion that it's really rooted in your gut. And as the gut heals, I could see that the rosacea was healing. But for me, I had to go on the lion diet just like a lot of people, like the diseases that I have, are, it's an immune system disease. So a lot of people like with autoimmune diseases have to go on the lion diet. So likewise, I, I don't, I was getting some improvement just on a regular carnivore diet and I was needing to stick with low histamine foods. Mm. Um, but when I went out, I did about six weeks on the lion diet. And that's when I really started to notice an improvement in the rosacea was just sticking with beef, lamb, salt, and water. And I mean, you can see my face now. So it's definitely better. That's incredible. Yeah. I yeah. But I can go back and share a little bit about what this disease is. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's something that I wanted. I really care about sharing it because it's fairly unknown, even among the medical community, but it's something that the experts, which are few, say that maybe up to one in six people has it. And I'm really looking for those people that were like me, that you have all these baffling diseases. I'd seen 17 specialists over the course of my adult life and nobody could diagnose me. Um, it started out when I was in my twenties and it was just kind of these weird symptoms. And, you know, if you look at all the different symptoms you can have, I started out with gynecological issues. I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. I had very irregular periods. And then I ended up with a very severe bleeding uh, one time for 11 months. I yeah. bled salt. And if you out there, female would just cringe. And if you're men that have wives, you know, that the idea can drive a person insane. Yeah. Um, but I never responded to treatment. And that's one of the things that's interesting is that you never like with mast cell disease, which I finally got diagnosed with. Um, 
you, doctors can try to diagnose you with something based on your symptoms, but if it's not really the right thing, the treatment doesn't work. And I found that over and over and over again. And then, so my twenties, I was having the fertility issues, but I was also having um, really bad heat intolerance. And I would get almost like heat stroke type symptoms very quickly being out in, in the heat. And over the years, it hasn't required as nearly as much heat as it did when I was in my twenties. Um, but I also developed really severe anxiety. Mm. I started having really bad panic attacks um, in my 20s, and I didn't really get seek help for them until I ended up in my early 30s. We had my husband and I had given up on trying to conceive. We had tried artificial insemination four times, didn't work. And um, so we decided to adopt. And so we adopted our children through the foster care system. So we had our got our son when he was four. Two years later, we got our daughter. She was five and a half. They had both been in many, many homes and had gone through abuse. And it was very stressful. Um, and I ended up having a complete breakdown. I was at work and all of a sudden I just felt like I was going to die. And I, I left. I told my coworkers I have to leave. And I drove myself to a psychiatric hospital. Mm. And I was admitted and I was there for five days. And then I went through um, an, kind of an intensive partial hospitalization program and then several years of medication, therapy. Um, and I did get diagnosed with agoraphobia, clinical level depression, clinical anxiety. Um, and gradually I did get better, but it seemed like there was something metabolically going on because I would get panic attacks in my sleep. Hmm. And when I was completely relaxed, um, so, so throughout and all this time I was gaining weight. I mean, the fertility treatments we went through alone messed up my body like crazy. And I kept gaining and gaining and gaining weight. And, um, then it really kind of, everything kind of came to full, like my symptoms got a lot worse over my forties and into my fifties. And, Back in 2014, I was working as a nurse at a hospital and I had my first, what I kind of call episode where, you know, and since heat and feeling stuffy even can, can trigger my symptoms, um, I was having to deal, uh, take care of patients that were on contact precautions. So I was having to gown up and in the gowns are very, they're kind of smothering. They're very hot. And I started, I got this dizzy spell. And all the nurses came rushing over. My vitals were out of the, out, you know, through the roof. They sent me to the ER in the hospital. The doctor did a full workup and a CT scan of my head and a cardiac workup. Didn't find anything. Sent me home with some medication for my ears and said, oh, it must be an, an inner ear issue or a middle ear issue. Well, that didn't do a thing. So I went to see a neurologist and the neurologist did a brain MRI, said, doesn't look like there's any problems. We don't know what's wrong. So I just brushed it off. I said, okay, well, you know, whatever. And I was generally doing okay. And then it happened again in 2016. But this time I was home and I was just sitting there relaxing. Nothing seemed to trigger it, but this time it presented with throat swelling and severe tachycardia. And I calmly went, popped some Benadryl, told my daughter I was calling 911, opened the front door, went and sat down just waiting for the EMT. And when they got to me, I my blood pressure was 220 over 120. They took me to the ER 
And the ER doctor ran a battery of tests, mostly for allergies, because typically with throat swelling, you're thinking it's an allergy that's caused that, you know, and people typically think of anaphylaxis. And I learned that there's actually stages to anaphylaxis. We typically think of anaphylaxis as the final stage, which is the life-threatening stage, but there's actually four stages of anaphylaxis. And so I've actually found that I have having often stage one and stage two, and sometimes some stage three symptoms of anaphylaxis. And that's what was going on. But the doctor said, all my allergy tests were fine. But there was one test he ran called a serum tryptase, and that one was elevated. So he sent me to an allergist and the allergist said, okay, you may have something called mast cell disease. Mm. And which one we don't know. And so he sent me home, we, he, he ordered another serum tryptase test and he ordered a 24 hour urine collection, sent me home and said, next time you have one of these episodes, get these labs done. Well, I ended up having two more episodes but we were on vacation and it turns out too that if i don't get get treated like right away it ends up with really severe abdominal cramping that i've doubled over in pain and that happened while we were on vacation i couldn't get the labs done so it was like it took many many years before i finally got a diagnosis and i got the di i i went back to see the doctor in early 2022 because I was had been working from home as a nurse, doing a lot of phone triage. I worked in gastroenterology and hepatology, but kind of things were kind of winding down with the pandemic. And, you know, they wanted all our nursing team to be in the office. And so my boss said, you know, her boss wants all the nurses to be able to be in the office. So either at the time, everybody was still masking up. And what sent me home in the first place from work was that I did try to come in and, and have patient visits, but the mask, the heat from my breath triggered my throat swelling and my dizziness and nausea, and I couldn't work So my, because of the heat. Mm. So my boss sent me home, and so there was time to come back. She said, either you got to figure out how to wear a mask at work, or we're going to have to see if we can find another job for you that is technically a remote job. And so I asked, can I please just go to see a doctor again and see if they can figure me out? And that's when I went back to the allergist. I ended up needing to get a bone marrow biopsy um, to determine whether or not I had systemic mastocytosis, which would show up in a bone marrow biopsy or mast cell activation syndrome. And it turns out I have got diagnosed with mast cell activation syndrome. And that I did a genetic testing with a sweet cheek, cheek swab where it said I also have a condition called hereditary alpha tryptosemia, which is related. Um, and so it's basically just to kind of explain what it is, is that like we all have mast cells in our body. They're part of your immune system. They're kind of like the first responder of your immune system. Whenever your body is exposed to something that is foreign, your mast cells active, you know, they do something called degranulate and they release over 200 chemical mediators out into your body to help coordinate your body's defense. And you want that. That's a good thing. <laughs> but in my case, my mast cells are dysfunctional and they degranulate either very sensitive to all sorts of different environmental stimuli 
or sometimes it seems like they just do it on their own. It's kind of like fire, a big old fleet of fire trucks being sent out when there's really no fire mm. or there's a tiny little fire you can get out with the fire extinguisher, you know, but yet this whole you know fleet of fire trucks comes out to, to address it. That's kind of what happens. And the most common or commonly known chemical mediator is histamine. And so a lot of people can understand that related to, you know, when it comes to histamine. So, um, like, for example, you know, when you when you have allergies, your body releases one of the things it releases is histamine. So you take an antihistamine, right, to take care of the symptoms. So basically, the way I have felt over the years is like, you know, how you feel like when you're coming down with something, mm-hmm. you just don't feel good. You're fatigued. You're achy. You just feel like you're kind of congested and you just drag. That's the baseline of how I felt. Um. But all of these symptoms it shows here, I have experienced pretty much all of them um, throughout the course of my life. I've had the horrible GI symptoms. I've had the neurological symptoms, the brain fog, cognitive dysfunction. Like when I was working and right before I went on medical leave, I couldn't even get my words out. Like mm. I, my brain would freeze and then I would slur my speech. Um, I could not even really talk very coherently and you just can't do that with patients. I have to be able to have my brain engaged and be able to communicate. Um, you know, obviously, so I had a lot of flushing, obviously I had the rosacea and lightheadedness. I never fainted, but I had a lot of heart palpitations, tachycardia. My blood pressure was kind of up and down. Um, you know, my bladder, I had urinary issues. My my bladder sometimes would just release on its own. It would release all its contents. It did it once in a restaurant. It was mortifying. Um, Or I just couldn't quite make it to the bathroom. And, you know, here in the throat swelling, you know, scary, really scary. So, I mean, I had to carry an EpiPen. I've never had to use it. I found some of the medication that I could pop and dissolve in my mouth real quick. But by the time I went on the carnivore diet, I was pretty full blown with all of these symptoms and the triggers at that time were not very well known. I did go see a naturopathic doctor because my allergist ended up being pretty useless um, who tested me for mold toxicity and I ended up testing positive for mold toxicity. Mm. So I may also have that. I think one in four people has a gene where you don't necessarily clear mold. We did a home inspection, had a professional come in and inspect our home and it was really clean. So, um, you know, that's one of one of the things that can trigger mass mass cell issues. So it's been a ride. It's been an absolute ride. So, um, you know, feeling horrible all the time, like every day. For years and years and years. It's just crazy. So did you say that it's like one in six people are diagnosed with mass cell? There are some doctors out there that are considered experts on the mast cell activation syndrome. There's only four places in the whole U.S. that actually have experts, and they're all on the East Coast. I haven't been able to go see any of them because I'm on the West Coast. But I listen to those doctors. And, um, yeah, they say potentially up to one in six people has mast cell activation syndrome. And they probably have are clueless. Like, what is it? There's just so many weird yeah, things Yeah, it's on. not even really on the radar of doctors. And so, you, you, you know, you, you might be like me, where you keep going from one specialist to another, trying to get some, have someone figure you out. And, you know, sometimes I'd get 
a diagnosis, but it w- wouldn't really stick because the treatment never worked. And I, I never felt better. Right. I can't even imagine because just like one of those symptoms, I've been through this. I'm in the process right now of trying to gather all my medical records because I don't even remember half the things. But just like one of those symptoms, I could just see them being like, oh, no, 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 we can't help you with that. Let's send you to this specialist. But you have like, yeah, and you have all these different specialties, not just one. I've had that issue with just one issue. And they're like, go see this guy. No, go see this guy at the other place. Right. Well, you know, the funny thing is, too, and if you guys have seen, been to doctors, which I'm sure you have, you know that they want you to to tell for your visit, what is your chief, chief complaint? <laughs> they don't want you to list 27 things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But with this condition, you have to look at it holistically. It's not just, okay, I'm having one symptom, so I'm going to go to this specialist and they're going to pinpoint on this condition. But my other symptom is related to this other condition. And that's not the case. It's all, it all has the same underlying root cause. And so, you know, none of the doctors could put the pieces, put the puzzle pieces together. And even now, I mean, I'm really trying to help. It really has to be just like with the carnivore diet. It's the general public that needs to educate the doctors Mm. with mast cell disease. It's kind of the same thing. It's like, I want people to know that it exists. I'm not saying that you have it. I'm saying know that it exists because it's and that it's way more common than we realize. And, um, you know, the carnivore diet has been amazing. So, like, I have these, these little rescue, I call my rescue medications that I take. They're just little, two little tablets that I pop in my mouth and they dissolve. And if my throat starts to swell. And when I first started the carnivore diet, I was needing to take those medications like two or three times a week. And often didn't know why my throat would start to swell. It would just randomly start to smell. So to just not smell, <laughs> swell. <laughs> and um, and then by the time I got to like right before I went on the lion diet, I was taking it maybe once or twice a month. So the carnivore diet in general did really help a lot. But then after the lion diet, it got down to maybe once a month and it seemed like ever since I, I like I've added back fish and I've been kind of experimenting with a couple things, but I'm generally still on the lion diet. Mm. Um, it just seems to be getting better and better and better. Like I haven't had to take my rescue meds now for probably pushing two months. Wow. Yeah. Now is when you're diagnosed with mast cell disease, is there any sort of treatment or anything? Medication? Well, it has to be a combination. So you definitely need to be going on antihistamines. There's some mast cell stabilizing medications. Um, Going on and joining the Facebook group for the mast cell disease is really important because this is still kind of, people are experimenting with medications and it's honestly very individual. Like some, some one person may re- respond better to one thing than another. And so I found out about some medications that have to be compounded that they're not generally available for mast cell disease. And so I am on a couple of those that I get from a compounding pharmacy. Um, but I'm kind of getting to the point now where I'm wondering if I need them because I'm so much less reactive than I used to be. Every once in a while, maybe something in the air will make my throat swell a little bit. 
but my my joint pain is basically gone. My muscle pain is gone. My mental fog is gone. Uh, my skin is so much better. My gut is so much better. I was bloated constantly and had a lot of abdominal pain. And it's really interesting too because I tried I tried dairy like a week or maybe a week and a half ago just to see what would happen. Yeah. And I ended up in agony. My IBS kicked right back in and the next the next day and I ended up in a lot of pain and ended up having this large bowel movement and then Two days later, I ended up in even worse pain with diarrhea. And it makes me wonder too, like how, how, like was I, was with my bowels and of course being a GI nurse, of course I talk a lot about poop, right? <laughs> um, but it made me wonder how much of my regularity that I used to have. Carrie here for the Carnivore Diet Movie and thank you so much for watching our YouTube videos and listening to our podcast. It's because of you and your support that we're able to do this carnivore diet documentary. We're making great progress, and I'm not going to stop until we reach millions of people. But we still need to raise more funds in order to film this properly to the level needed to get it on one of these big streaming services. So we're asking for your help. If you would, please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. And once you're there, you can sign up for free to our email newsletter. And once a week, we'll be sending out updates behind the scenes. Uh, we'll tell you about new meetups. We'll give you special invites and things like that. Completely free. Sign up there. The other thing you can do at the website is purchase our little portable travel size Redmond salt shaker with a keychain holder. People have been loving these. We offered them on our 24-hour live stream. You can purchase these right on the website. And every proceed, every penny that we get from profit goes right towards the Carnivore Diet documentary. And the other thing we have there are the water bottles, and the cutting boards. They're completely customizable, and you can engrave them. Every penny from those goes to support the Carnivore Diet documentary. You can also uh, link on over to the GoFundMe. That's where we'll get the most bang for your buck is there. So please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. Thank you. With my bowels was because my gut was inflamed. Because as you have gut inflammation, you tend to leave fluid leaks into your gut and you tell your stools tend to be looser and you yeah. tend, they tend to move more, you know, through faster because I was, I don't have bowel movements that often when I just eat the lion diet, but dairy, I could tell inflame my gut and then boom, the bowels started, <laughs> started moving, you know, are, it, were, are there other people in the, the group you mentioned that have tried carnivore? <laughs> Um, not to my knowledge. And I know there are, there's, I know, I think there's at least one other person on YouTube that has mass, mass activation syndrome that's doing the carnivore diet. I haven't connected with her. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Cause what, so as far as treatment goes, there's medications, but identifying all the different triggers is super important, mm. which is why I figured out that I have to really watch it with histamine. And there's a lot of carnivore foods that are high in histamine. Right. That, yeah, that I can't I, have. Could you explain that a little bit more? Because I'm learning more about that. Um, our friend Adam, 
recently realized he has a histamine issue with like some smoked foods. Yeah, he watched my, I sent him, he asked, he actually sent me an email asking me about his symptoms because I hadn't mentioned histamine when he interviewed me recently. And um, I sent him my, my histamine video from my YouTube channel. And he was like, oh, wow, <laughs> like I think this is the problem. But um, yeah, so it was as far as carnivore goes, smoked, anything smoked and aged can be a problem. Um, bacon is high in histamine. If you want to do pork, you have to make sure it's really fresh. There are a lot of cheeses like aged cheeses, smoked cheeses that you can't have. Egg whites are very high in histamine. Egg yolks are fine. Um, like whole quail eggs are fine, but other types of eggs, only the yolks are low in histamine. Um, iodine. So like, like I didn't used to be able to take the Lugol's drops because as soon as I could add it, I'd add it to my drink. And as soon as I swallowed it, my throat would swell. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that because I've been away from high histamine foods for so long, I can actually do a couple drops of the Lugol's now. But um, I do have a video on my channel that goes into, it's specifically focused on histamine and the carnivore diet. Because there's a ton of non-carnivore foods that are high in histamine too, but I made my video for carnivores. When you're describing some of your symptoms, I guess not all of them, um, you make me think of Michaela Peterson and some of the issues she's had. Because she was talking about histamines too, and I remember her right. saying smoked foods, no aged aged meat, aged steaks from a restaurant. She can't do that either. Just really yeah. highly sensitive. And even butter, like anything that says cultured is um and like fermented fermented foods are high histamine so like even cultured butter can can have is issues with histamine of a sweet cream butter like if you have histamine issues you could stick you need to stick with sweet cream butter instead of cultured butter um so yeah it's there's a really good list that i link in my video that's a really comprehensive list of of high histamine foods and the, the foods, you know, the histamine levels of different foods. But yeah, Michaela, I watched her like when, before, when I was just getting on the carnivore diet and I could so relate and I, I wasn't, I, it was because of watching her that I decided to try the lion diet Wow! because I knew I was still having symptoms, even though I was improving, I was still having symptoms. Um, and it was the lion diet that really helped. And yeah, and I've been doing a plank challenge. <laughs> That's awesome. You I mentioned your channel. I just want to share it real quick. Um, you, you got some really cool videos over there. And one other thing I thought would be cool. You're at 945 subscribers. It's always fun to get to a thousand, right? Yeah. There's a couple hundred people on here. Everyone, you're getting some great comments right now too, Lynn. Everyone's like, I love Lynn. Lynn's great. If you're not watching Lynn's channel, go subscribe. She's doing I have some awesome some amazing, videos. amazing supporters of my channel that are so encouraging. And, uh, you know, honestly, I never, and I know there's nothing wrong with it, but I never ask anybody to like or subscribe to my channel. Um, my husband's always after me. <laughs> telling me I did. Well, I'll do it for you. It's a but great channel. Go watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, cool. you know, because of my subscribers, you know, I've already reached the point where I can monetize, even though my subscribers aren't over a thousand or anything. I just haven't quite done it yet. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I haven't, I haven't got a shop together. I don't know what to do with monetization, but you know, they, the subscribers I have have been great because they actually watch my videos. Right. So I appreciate you guys. <laughs> so, so you're doing uh, carnivore and lion diet and you're getting like, what does it feel like to be suffering from this mast cell 
like forever and now you have this relief like what is that like for you i want to live again it's like i have i'm getting my life back because i i couldn't do anything I mean, literally, I mean, you can show my the before and after if you want. Yeah. That before picture is horrendous. It's terrible. But, um, you know, I was huge. I couldn't fit in chairs. I I was limping everywhere. Um, you know, I and I use a body composition scale. So I always report my as far as the weight goes, I always report it both as in the scale loss and my actual fat loss. Cause I've gained over tw like 22 pounds total of the good tissue, like 21, well, almost 21 pounds of muscle and almost a pound and a half of bone. Wow. And for a 55 year old woman, gaining bone is really important, especially since with mast cell disease, osteoporosis, you're at higher risk. Um, but I have, I have lost a total of, um, let's see, 61 pounds scale weight but actual fat is 83 almost 83 and a half pounds wow and yeah. that's in like what is that eight months nine months the very end of may i may 31st was my first weigh-in and then um yeah january 1st was my latest weigh-in yeah that's awesome yeah Congratulations. yeah so you can see you can go to the next picture where i like this picture was shocking for me because someone took this at a baby shower and I, I posted this on my channel at four months. So um, this was me sitting next to two normal size women. And I had some, kind of some body dysmorphia, like to the effect that I never saw myself as big as I really was. And then I remember I saw this picture. This was posted on the women's group of our church, along with all these other pictures from this from this uh, baby shower. And I saw myself sitting next to these. Now these women are normal sized women, and I was just astonished and I was mortified. And it's like I, I was so nervous even starting a YouTube channel because I knew I was going to have to show pictures like this. And it's embarrassing. And when I started my YouTube channel, that was me. <laughs> Cause that was just this, that was just April of last year. And I started in May. Um, uh, yeah, but I, so, I mean, I, I talk a lot about the mast cell disease and I really think that the weight was just because of the mast cell disease. Mm. You know, I, I didn't, binge myself. I mean, I didn't eat well. I ate horrible. Like, you know, when I ate, I was always looking for a source of energy because I always felt like I was coming down with a flu and dragging. And so for me, I mean, I was a sugar addict for sure, but I was looking for a source of energy because I just felt horrible all the time. Right. And so for, so for me, the waking is one component to how the car, the car, you know, what I needed to, to improve on. And the carnivore diet has absolutely helped me lose weight, but it has helped my mast cell disease become so much more stable. And, you know, like the whole plank challenge that I'm doing for this month, like last time I tried to do a plank, I was around that weight. I, and I couldn't even get myself off the ground at all. And so I decided, well, after gaining over 20 pounds of muscle, why don't I try it? The fact that I even want to exercise is astonishing for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, literally astonishing that I want to exercise. <laughs> Same for me. I hear that from a lot of people too. That, that, that was one thing I used to get frustrated with. You'd hear people like, 
before carnivore for you, Lynn, and for me, I would hear people say, oh, if you want to lose weight, you got to go to the gym. You got to exercise. You got to go jog. And like you, I didn't have anything like you did with the mast cell disease, but I was fatigued and I had arthritis and I was right tired all the time. It's literally like you're telling someone with pneumonia or the flu, right. oh, let's go walk it off and exercise. You can't exercise when you're sick, but once right. you get through that sickness, now you have all this energy. Like I, I think about it too, like with your mast cell, I wonder... I was so fortunate yesterday I interviewed Dr. Georgia Ede and she was t saying about how much of the brain, the brain is just like, um, it requires so much energy for the brain to function. I'm like, yeah, I guess I never really thought about that. Well, then the human body does too to process all of the food that you're eating. So you're doing this with the mast cell where your brain's got to process all of this, your stomach, your immune system, and all the food that's coming in while you're sick and ill. So it's one of the things that's always interesting with carnivore. People have so much energy afterwards. But then when you think about it, maybe not because you're not spending all of that energy processing all the food you were eating before. And you got more muscle now and you're energized and your brain's in the right spot. So, Well, I really do feel as though like mitochondria are healing and yes. I'm probably getting more mitochondria. And I've experienced something that I had not experienced if maybe ever, but it, at least as long as I can remember, um, is a sense of well-being. I never had that. I always felt horrible every day. And I have actually had these, like this overwhelming sense of well-being and mm. it does come and go, but I'm, I'm experiencing it more and more as each month goes. And honestly, I didn't exercise for maybe the first several months. I couldn't cause I kept injuring myself. Yeah. But I actually had a viewer, one of my viewers that called me out about me not exercising. And he it's basically said, go walk, just do something, you know. So I started with just limping, literally limping. And I couldn't even walk a straight line because I was always dizzy and my brain was always in a fuzz. And like I was I probably look like a drunk person, <laughs> but limping around, walking, swerving, unsteady, and just try to go around my block. And little and even when I didn't feel good I just kind of slow <laughs> and that's how I started and if you know and now I I can walk I can walk I mean my goal one of my goals for this year is to do a 5k I don't necessarily need to run it but to finish it right and um I actually have exercise goals that's awesome yeah it's like the well-being comment that you said that really hit close to home for me because I've had the same thing and it's funny Dr. E yesterday used those same words because I was telling her, I was like, it's not that I'm just not depressed anymore and I'm not anxious anymore. It's the opposite of whatever that was. I, it would have been great to just flatline and not yeah. be depressed it's anymore. Not it's not neutral. Yes. It's, it's well-being. It's happy. It's smile. It's like people say, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And that's Ooh. the truth. If you would have asked me that any other time in my life, I would have been lying if I said I was doing great. But yeah, that's the crazy thing. I would have been happy to be to flatline it when I was in that horrible depression. But it's yeah, to not feel bad was the goal. To actually feel good is an unexpected bonus. Yeah. What yeah. about your other some of your other symptoms? Like you mentioned, agoraphobia. Are you having any issues with any of those things? Or um, it's getting better and. It, you know, the, the agoraphobia that I had back when I was in my early thirties, when I had the, the absolute collapse got better, but I would have agoraphobia more with the mast cell disease because I never knew what I was going to react to. 
Mm. Um, even going to church, I I couldn't go in while the music was playing because we had a band, you know, and just the vibration of from the music would trigger my mast cells and I would start to get dizzy. And so I would have to stay out until the music was over. And then um, now I can go in now. And now if it's really loud, I have to step out again. But I never knew like UV rays can trigger like if the UV index is too high, you know, I, so I do have to look and see what is the UV index um, before if it's too high, I don't go out. So there's things like that, that I'm still kind of testing um, little by little kind of testing my limits to see if I'm tolerating those sorts of environmental stimuli better. And I'm finding that I am, you know, and it's, it's, it's a slower than some of the others, you know, symptoms that are, you know, improving, but it, I am tolerating things much better than I used to. That's great. Yeah. One thing, um, Dr. Chafee told me when I was around day, like 100, he, he said, I said, this is so amazing. Like I'm so, people are like, you're so enthusiastic. You're so passionate. I'm like, well, I, I felt so horrible for so long before. It's hard not to be fired up and excited about it. Um, but he said to me, he's like, you're going to get even better. And I was like, I don't, no, I'm not. I'm like, this is as good as it gets. But it does. And I think it's to what you said, Lynn. He got into all the science of it. And a lot of that goes over my head. But he's like, your mitochondria is going to start regenerating. And it's and it's just going to, the longer you go down the road, eating the proper human diet, it's going to get better and better for those reasons. And it absolutely, it has. It's like the energy, the mood, like uh, it's it's crazy. So yeah, it's exciting. And I, I, I didn't think I'd even get to where I am now. And I'm thrilled to be where I am now. I, to think that it will get better. I like, I literally, I could cry just mm -hmm. to think about it because it's very emotional, honestly. In fact, I'm starting to get choked up because <laughs> I like, like, like I've haven't had a life. Like literally right. I haven't had a life and I've had, I haven't been able to make commitments to do anything because I, from day to day, like I never feel good. And maybe once or twice a year, I'd have a day where I felt okay. And that was it. Right. And I can actually make commitments now mm. to go you, out and do something. Yeah. You were alive, but you weren't like living. And now you, you're feeling that, that, that was going to be my question for you too, is so many people out there are struggling and they're like, I could never do this carnivore. And I get it because when I first started, I thought it was insane um what about you was it insane when you first started and what is it like for you now that you've been doing it for for a while um golly you know i mean because i did it twice and this is the second time it was probably a little crazier the first time around um but it was definitely less less crazy this time because i had done it before and i'd seen that it worked I think that the only time I feel like it's a little crazy is when I see the look on other people's faces <laughs> because it feels good. It feels so good to eat this way. Now, I guess I can say one thing is that coming from the background of being a GI nurse, I have had to adjust <laughs> so much of what I learned <laughs> because everything in GI is fiber, fiber, fiber. And, you know, you really need to have a bowel movement every day. And if you don't eat your fruits and vegetables and your grains, your gut isn't going to be healthy. 
And like, I couldn't go back to doing my job now because I get fired because I'd be telling people <laughs> to eat just meat and fat. And, you know, the doctor, and I'm thinking back to all of these people that I helped, you know, as a GI nurse that had all these autoimmune diseases, I could not in good faith not tell them. Right. <laughs> I have to find some sneaky workaround way of telling them that, you know, okay, this is what the doctor says and you can do that. But if you are looking for some maybe alternatives, you know, let me know. Right. <laughs> and then you have to be really careful as a nurse because you can't just con, you know, go against the doctor's orders. Mm -hmm. But it would be really hard now because I of what I know now. Right. Yeah. With all of my medical issues over the years, that was one thing that I would prefer to go with what the nurse would tell me. <laughs> the doctor's like in and out for two seconds, but it always right. seemed like the nurses really knew what was going on more. But yeah, uh, we have the time, you know, especially yeah. in outpatient nursing and working from home and stuff. A lot of the patients said that, that, yeah, finally, there's someone that can listen. Right. Yeah. The thing that's frustrating for me with the carnivore <laughs> now is I get how people say it's insane. But the thing that's frustrating now is now that I'm doing it and I've been doing it for, I, I'm almost on day 300, I think, which isn't a long time compared to some people that have been doing it for years, but it's so easy. So when, when, when people are like, I could never do what you're doing. I'm like, it is literally, I get it. Like, I'm sick of trying to explain it, but it's so easy. I don't even think about it. Eat some it's meat and I'm mindless. Yeah. It's totally mindless. Yeah. yeah. Like, seriously, I cannot, I cannot have carbs. I have to be an abstainer. I cannot moderate. Yep. I've learned that about myself and I am very, very aggressive about protecting myself now. Like over the holidays, if people come at you with all sorts of junk and I'm like, literally go away, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. no, I mean, not that rude. Right. But right. Like, inside, like, no, no, no. Like you will not, I'm not going to wreck what the progress that I've made to just momentarily satisfy my taste buds because mm -hmm. the moment the it goes past my taste buds, it's poison to my system. Right. I'm the same way. I did a video a while back said called the carnivore switch. Cause I've heard Dr. Barry say some people have a carnivore dial, uh, I'm sorry, a carbohydrate dial where they can have some berries or they can right. have some of this or some of that a little bit here or there. They could cheat every now and then I can't do that at all. And I've experimented over the years because before carnivore, I did keto. So I, me too. I almost wonder, do other, do, do people really have that dial? Maybe they do. I sh I'm going to get people mad when I say that. Yeah. My husband, can... my husband has the dial. Does he? Okay. Yeah. My daughter has the dial. She can eat like one or two bites of a cookie and put it away. And I'm like, what? Those people. I could there's never. Like, there's like flavors of ice cream she doesn't like. And that, I can't even relate to that. Right. Yeah. It's like, how can you, I don't care what flavor it is. It's ice cream. Right. Right. And so I can't have any of it at all. And I, I can't even relate to someone who, who has like, oh, I don't like that kind of ice cream or I don't have, I don't like that cookie or I don't like that kind of pie. It's like, what? Right. Well, and my thing too is a lot of people, like when they're starting out carnivore, I think they have the mindset of the other diets, like Weight Watchers or like, oh, I did good all week. So now I can have some stuff on right. Saturday. But I try to explain to people that's not how carnivore works. You could kick wow. yourself out of ketosis. It could take you another week to get back in. You're not sacrificing a couple hours. And for me, I used to do that on keto. I would have a cheat day. Um, 
Yeah. Or I or I would just be like, I'm just gonna have some raspberries. And then it would always lead to more and more. And then I'll be like, well, I screwed up. So let's just go yeah. nuts now and eat everything. And we'll start again on Monday. And then Monday would come around. I'd be like, oh, it's the 27th. Let's do it on the first of the month. Right. And it would just right. keep going and going. So well, I've had to learn that when you know you get that those thoughts, that that like that first initial thought, right? Of I can have just one. And then if you dwell on that thought, you start to justify. And then, so that, that would happen to me in the past. And I'd say, you know, it'd start with, oh, I can have just one and it won't hurt me. So I'd have one and then it didn't hurt me. So I'm like, oh, cool. I was right. I can have another, I can have another, I can have right. another. And the next yep. thing you know, I'm back where I started and I'm yeah. miserable again. Well, the, the big thing that I learned, and I'm kind of glad they say there's no mistakes, there's only lessons, lessons are blessings. Um, you learn from them. But when I did keto and I would cheat, I did it so many times. Like I had a, a range thing. I'm going to do keto all week. And then Saturday is my cheat day. And it was so stupid. But every single time I did that, never once afterwards was I like, yay, I'm glad I right. had that cheat day. Never. Right. I was always miserable. My stomach was bloated. A lot of my symptoms started coming back, anxiety, depression, everything like that. Never, never once. And that's not time. even mentioning that how so many people experience guilt and shame. Right. Because it, they, you know, they feel like it reflects on their character and who they are as a person when they cheat on their diet. <laughs> and I mean, I've been through that. I felt that. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why do I not have any self-control? But it's an addiction. Yes. You know? And, you know, I a lot of people, too, when they look at people who are morbidly obese, they draw the conclusion that they don't have any willpower mm. and that they're, they draw conclusions about them as an individual. And I always, live, you know, thought, like, look, I have, I'm very disciplined in every other area of my life. You know, I have two bachelor's degree. I've raised special needs kids. I have done also, I've done all sorts of stuff where I've had needed to be very disciplined in my life. So why can't I be disciplined when it comes to my eating? And the answer is because it's an addiction. A hundred percent. And you just have to, whatever, identify, you identify what you're addicted to and you eliminate it from your life. And that's what the carnivore diet has done. Yes. I, I used to get so mad at people because sometimes you'd see that on the news or something. And you'd be like, well, they could, they're choosing to eat that food and they're choosing to do it. And then it's like, when you really think about it too, it's, it's an addiction, like you said, but it's also an addiction that we were born into. And I'm not blaming my parents because I did the same thing with my kids before I knew any better, but sugar and junk food and processed food, you're born into that. And then it's even worse because if this was an addiction, like say alcohol or some other drug, it's everywhere. It's right. literally, you go to the grocery store, there's 60,000 products. Right. Almost every one of them has what we're addicted to in them. So yeah. I mean, imagine yeah. if a drug addict had people waving the drugs in front of them constantly. Right. You know, and it was just normal and kids were doing it and it's, oh, yeah. it's fine. The kids are doing the drugs. It's just fine. It's normal. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, it's really challenging for sure. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I absolutely just stay away from, I don't, I don't eat carbs at all. Same, same for yeah. me, but I'm fine with it. At, at, you know, it was hard at first, but at some point for me, it's like something just clicked and it's like, I just, 
I don't eat for entertainment anymore. I eat for sustenance. Something mm -hmm. happened. I think that doesn't happen for some people because some people, and I'm not judging anyone. Everyone does things different, but some people will still have like their diet soda with the artificial sweeteners, or they'll have a little bit of fruit here or there or something. And I feel like that it doesn't go, then, then it's still for the enjoyment kind of thing. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of rambling now, but for me at some point, it was just like, I'm just eating because I have to eat and it's not entertainment. And I was even asking myself in my head, like, if I want to eat for pleasure, that's kind of like a drug um, doing it for pleasure. And I'm like, I don't need to do that anymore. I'm just eating to for sustenance, for energy. Well, it's because part I of our culture, you know, I mean, eating food is part of, I think every culture eating, yeah. eating is, um, so, yeah, I mean, it, 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 I've, I found the same thing for myself. Like I've found other ways of celebrating other than, you know, food, going out and doing experiences, you know, yeah. go out and enjoy nature and doing, you know, doing like walking. I, my husband, and I like to go geocaching. Awesome. And that's something that I wasn't able to do because I could barely even walk. So you know, now we go out and we do go geocaching if we have a, you know, time and we normally before we would maybe go out and we'd eat. We don't mm -hmm. do that anymore. Awesome. So it's just a matter of changing your lifestyle and changing your mindset. And I think that um, a lot of people, it just really depends on how desperate you are. And I think the sicker you are and the more desperate you are, the easier it is to make those changes. You know, I, after the first few weeks, like I had to get over the carb cravings, right? But after the first few weeks, it became very easy. Yeah. So, you know, I think I think that if people can get past maybe the first month, they'll be fine. Yep. Yeah, I always tell people, just give it 30 days. And you can have the birthday cake on day 31 or whatever you want to do. But you know they're going to be feeling, for the majority of people, they're going to be feeling so good, especially those first couple of weeks when the inflammation and stuff goes down. But the thing, too, like you said, going out geocaching or doing something, an adventure, that's something you're going to remember. It's, it's going to be memorable. How many times did I go out to eat before doing this? Don't remember any of them. It was, right. That was the thing. Let's go out to eat. Let's go out to eat. Don't remember any of them. But going out on an adventure or something. That's the other thing I love about this too is with that brain fog gone, it seems like I'm more present and in the moment and enjoying things better. It seems like before time, time goes by fast for everyone, but it seems like it went by a lot faster before, probably because I was in such a brain fog where now I can live in the moment more and kind of enjoy yeah. things. And go out and have an adventure and it's something that I'll probably remember a couple of years from now versus what yeah. I would have done before. Well, before I went on the carnivore diet, I couldn't have had this conversation. Same you know? here. Same here. That's why it's so funny when people say, you're so fired up, you're so passionate. I would not have done any of this. I'm going to do a documentary. I wouldn't be doing uh, interviews with people. Uh, I would have avoided it at all costs just from the anxiety alone. Yeah. Well, and I, my brain would freeze. I'd be stumbling all over my words. Having to think, like pause and think all the time just to find the word I wanted to say yes. it happened all the time yep. you know so it's that, nice to be able to actually say what I want to say <laughs> right have the words it's so crazy too because most of the world does that where there's they've got the brain fog right and they're so it seems normal but just having this like stream of flow where you can just talk and without having to think about it it's amazing. And it's like carnivore did that, but then I think uh, it didn't. It's just, that's what a proper human that's eating the right foods and doing the right things. That's how they would kind of 
be normally. That's what well, everyone could be. Brain inflammation, you know, because I mean, when you're inflamed, it's not like your body is choosing, picking and choosing parts, right? Right. When you've got inflammation, you've got inflammation all over. Yep. And I'm sure that it settles maybe more intensely for some people in one place versus the other, you know, and I mean, for me, it definitely really hit my brain, but the joints and the muscles and the bone pain were also really horrific as well. I mean, I had hair follicle pain that woke me up at night because it was so bad. Wow. And it's like, who gets that? (laughs) I'm so happy for you that you found this though, with all of the suffering that you went through. And now it's like, you have a whole, you have a couple more lives ahead of you now versus imagine if you didn't find this and you had to continue doing what what was going on before. Yeah. Well, and I have to give my husband a lot of kudos because we've been married for 33 years and he's been very healthy his whole life. And he has supported me whether I feel good or not. He has always told me that he thinks I'm beautiful and he loves me no matter what even when I looked like that horrific before picture and, you know, and now that, now that I, like I had to go on disability for work, but I'm feeling better. And I, I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm going to be staying on disability or not, but if I don't qualify, which if I feel good, I won't qualify. You know, he told me, look, I don't need you to go back to work Mm. Just stay retired because like you are happy, you're healthy now. Like I have worked my whole life without feeling good. Right. And it sucks everything out of me. Yeah. You know, even working from home, the brain power, you know, to assess people over the phone is hard. It's like, cause you don't actually see them. Like as a nurse in the hospital, I could actually get my hands on people and get my stethoscope and listen and assessing people over the phone is really hard. And it takes a lot of mental energy and I had nothing left, mm. like zero left. Like I would be done with work and I would have to lay down. I couldn't shower. Like, no, I can't shower with, and I take a hot shower at all. Cause heat is a huge trigger for me. I'd have to take kind of a little more than lukewarm shower, but I, a shower, I'd have to go afterwards and lay down in bed, go back to bed for maybe an hour or two mm-hmm. because it took so much out of me. I couldn't raise my arms up. I had, they're so, so weak to like to wash my hair. Um, so I hardly showered. Like I would shower some, my worst, I was showering maybe once every week to 10 days and just using like dry shampoo. And I'd take a bath because it was easier to sit in the bathtub and bathe yourself. But um, yeah, so I mean, the difference is just like, unbelievable. It's amazing. Yeah. So it, shout out Lynn's husband, Dave, right? Yes. Dave, shout out all uh, carnivore spouses. My wife, Jen, too, that stuck by me because, wow, I can't imagine can't imagine where I'd be. Yeah. Um, And he's doing it with me. Oh, is he? That's awesome. Yeah. He's not as strict as I am. I mean, he can have a little cheat here and there, but he can moderate. Yep. I can't. Yeah, we got a few pounds. Awesome. Couple questions. Uh, We're at it's been an hour. This is crazy. It's already been an hour, Lynn. Do you have some more time for a few questions? Yes. Okay, cool. Laura Russell asks, uh, RN here too, how quickly did you start to see the benefits of this carnivore eating? Yeah, so within a few days, I started to see the the joint pain, the muscle pain, the bone pain, um, you know, the, those inflammatory symptoms. Yeah, just literally probably two or three days into it. 
It's amazing. Similar yeah. for me too. I was doing keto on and off, so I had a little bit of a jump start, but I hear that same thing. And our friend Bill uh, is in the comments here. That was one of the remarkable things. I think he just mentioned it again in his video yesterday, how quickly his inflammation and pain went away on carnivore. That yeah, inflammation. I watch his videos. Yeah. 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 Shout out, Bill. Go watch his videos if you haven't. He put out a special one yesterday. It was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the inflammation, that is something, that is a word so many people should be familiar with. Because like doing carnivore, you probably get this too, Lynn. Everyone that knows I'm doing carnivore, they're all like, you're going to die of a heart attack. What about your cholesterol? You got to have these conversations over and over again. Nobody's worried about their metabolic health or inflammation. Right. And it's as Dr. Ovadia said, you're six times more likely to suffer heart disease if you have poor metabolic health than if you have poor cholesterol. Yeah. Six times, but no one cares about that. You, I still tell people that and they're still like, yeah, but what's your cholesterol while well, they're eating cake and donuts and they have poor metabolic right. health and they're pre-diabetic and all those issues. So. Right. And I was pre-diabetic. I'm not anymore. Nice. Yeah. But I mean, my LDL went up a little bit. It's still fine, you know, but my, my, uh, triglyceride HDL ratio improved and my triglycerides went way down. I mean, so I'm not worried at all. Yep. <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, you need cholesterol. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Chafee recently did a really cool video on that, but that, that ratio is really important. Brandy H said, would you recommend carnivore for 14 and 15 year old boys? I'm debating if I should try to get my teens to go on it or just put them on keto, ketovore at their age. It's hard to control what they eat. <laughs> yeah. At that age, you kind of lose control. <laughs> mm -hmm. I had four, my, my, my son's 28 now, but I remember when he was 15, I would encourage them, you know, I mean, it's hard with teenagers, but it's going to be healthier for them because it helps to regulate hormones. Um, you know, if any of you know the history of behind like why the Seventh-day Adventists were recommending vegetarianism and veganism to people was because they didn't they didn't want their their teenagers being sexually active and, you know, that it not eating meat will suppress that <laughs> that urge. But, you know, that because it messes up your hormones. Mm -hmm. So I I think that you know, 14, 15 year old boys need, need their meat. They need the fat. It's healthy for their brains, for their going to school and being able to think and focus in class. So as close as you can get them to carnivore, you know, I, I wouldn't fight them too much. Like when they're out with their friends and stuff, but whatever you can do at home, you know, do it. It'll be better. It'll be good for them. And I don't know that if how, I don't think, I don't know if boys are going to complain about being fed really good fatty meat that tastes right. delicious. Yes. Like eat as much of this as you want, mm -hmm. right? It's good for them. And just maybe start, give them the, give them the meat first. Yep. You know, let them fill up on it. This question made me think of my uh, other, I've got a lot of carnivore friends, but Jeff DeProsperous, <laughs> blessings on my journey. He has two boys um, that are in that age range and they're both carnivore. Um, and they're, they're thriving. They're amazing. And I'm not just saying this for flattery or because he's my friend. They're amazing. And I, I filmed them for a week and I watched his boys, just the sports activities they do. They're killing the competition. I said to, I took, I said yeah. to Jeff off to the side once. I was like, do you feel a little bit bad? <laughs> they're just destroying the non-carnivore no. competition. <laughs> yeah. He's like, nope, not at I all. Mean, he's I like, they can do what they want. But his boys are doing amazing. My I hear daughter, that all the time. The carnivore kids are just, they just excel in all yes. areas. And his his son, Peter, is what, like six foot? And I think he's 15. Wow. And he's still growing. 
and he's so smart and bright and they're just amazing kids my daughter emma's carnivore she's 16. um she like to lynn's point on the the hormones teenagers go through all that stuff acne all sorts of things so yeah. many things got better for emma her sleep her acne went away just her overall <laughs> mood i can literally tell she's she's strict carnivore now she had a couple times where she fell off it's just like you said it's really hard um shout out ellie nourishment redacted she's had some Love great advice yeah she's awesome her kids um just be patient with them you don't put it out there and i always say tell them the truth too i we had a couple family get-togethers i wasn't judging people but we had a family get together all this family came over and they were just all of them were eating junk food and all of them one of them had cancer another one just got over breast cancer and was just diagnosed with another cancer one of them um uh, had a heart attack and he was my age. Um, they're all overweight. A couple of them had diabetes and they were all complaining like, oh, my elbow hurts, my back hurts, my shoulder hurts. I just said to the girls, I was like, I'm not judging anyone, but this is what happens. It's This is from nutrition. All of these things you're seeing are from nutrition. So yeah, not judging or bullying, but just telling the truth. Like this is, you make your decision, but this is what's going to happen. If you choose to eat that way for your entire life, that's what's, that's what's going to just look around in the public at people that are my age. This is what's going to end up happening. You're going to, um, so being honest with them and putting it out there, but yeah. And then teaching them about the food, you know, teaching them what does it actually do in your body? Right. You know, so it's not just about taste, even right. though, even though it tastes delicious, it's not just about taste. It's like you're feeding your body what it needs. Yes. And some of the things too that I'm I'm still learning about now, but uh, seed oils, for example, they oh, don't have any horrible. taste. Why do, we, yeah, why do we? Why do we even need these things? They have no taste. What's their purpose? And now something that I would teach my girls is okay. If you're going to have some processed food, look at the ingredients. Okay, that has seed oils in it because just like sugar, seed oils are in almost everything now. That can stay in your body for a couple of years. Is that worth it for you? And they're like, so inflammatory. Yes, and there's alternatives like there's. Butter. Yes. I didn't actually have real butter until I was an adult. Really? Yeah. My mom used imperial margarine for oh, everything. No. Yep. I uh, carry here for the carnivore diet movie. And thank you so much for watching our YouTube videos and listening to our podcast. It's because of you and your support that we're able to do this carnivore diet documentary. We're making great progress, and I'm not going to stop until we reach millions of people. But we still need to raise more funds in order to film this properly to the level needed to get it on one of these big streaming services. So we're asking for your help. If you would, please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. And once you're there, you can sign up for free to our email newsletter. And once a week, we'll be sending out updates behind the scenes. Uh, we'll tell you about new meetups. We'll give you special invites and things like that. Completely free. Sign up there. The other thing you can do at the website is purchase our little portable travel size Redmond salt shaker with a keychain holder. People have been loving these. We offered them on our 24-hour live stream. You can purchase these right on the website. And every proceed, every penny that we get from profit goes right towards the Carnivore Diet documentary. And the other thing we have there are the water bottles, and the cutting boards. They're completely customizable and you can engrave them. Every penny from those goes to support the Carnivore Diet documentary. You can also uh, link on over to the GoFundMe. That's where we'll get the most bang for your buck is there. So please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com.
Thank you. Uh, I got in an argument, not really an argument, but when we were on vacation, we stayed with my dad for a while and he had, he had parquet margarine. And I was like, what are you doing? Just no. I'm like, what are you saving like 43 cents on this stuff? I'm like, here, I will just pay for your butter. Here's your Christmas present. We'll get you, we'll get you some butter. It's, I mean, it's so bad for you. And, and then he's complaining about inflammation too. You're you eating inflammatory really? food and you're getting inflamed. This and you is, can make your own butter. I used to make my own butter until my until my KitchenAid broke. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. Yep. Laura Russell, uh, how did the how did they test for mast cells? Sounds like my daughter's issues. Um, so it's kind of tricky because the best way to test for it is during an more of an acute reaction. Um, so I would say you start with an allergist and express that there's a concern that there may be a mast cell disease. And then that way the doctor can start out by ordering a serum taste test and a 24 hour urine collection. And then you get the kit and have the urine kit there. And then, you know, the problem is, is that when you're having a reaction, sometimes it's hard to get the test done right at that time. But, um, you know, just take those tests. And also one of the diagnostic criteria for it is that the symptoms respond to antihistamines. And so you can try when she's having her symptoms and you may have already done this, you know, to give her antihistamines. And if she responds to antihistamines, then um, that check that box. Also, the symptoms have to be in at least two organ systems. So of all those symptoms that I showed in that diagram, you need to have symptoms in at least two organ systems. Now, the majority of people have with mast cell disease have them in more than two. Um, there is a um, mast cell society website. Um, that's it's a weird name. It's called tmsforacure.org where you can go on there and you can learn about it. And it's also important too, if you think you're, you know, if you get diagnosed with mast cell disease, there are emergency protocols on that website or not just emergency protocols, but pre-procedural protocols, because any medical procedure can, can activate your mast cells. And if you have mast cell disease, that's not good. So it's important to pre-medicate and they tell you exactly what to take. So. All right. Hey, before we go to the next question, Everyone, I, Lynn's too nice to ask, but go subscribe to Lynn's channel. She's got some awesome videos. I'm going to check in there in a minute. Nobody put it in the comments. Well, let's just look real quick because they're going to put it in the comments now. Let's just see. Sorry, this is just fun for me. It's just, it's such a, it's so fun to hit that thousand number here. We'll, you were at 945 before. We'll refresh. 980. Come on. We need 20 more. 20 more. We can get Lynn to a thousand subscribers. Go subscribe yeah. if you have it. You'll thank me. And, we'll and, 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 and not all my videos look have that same thumbnail. <laughs> right. I'm just doing this plank challenge for January. So I have these plank challenge videos. So. Gray Wolf Graphics, just uh, not a question, but a little uh, shout out. I've officially lost 10 inches off my waist. I wow. bought a pair of size 38 jeans a couple of weeks ago. They finally fit. I've dropped from a 48 to a 38 and lost close to 75 pounds. That is awesome. awesome. Good job. Congratulations. Yeah. I just recently went clothes shopping for the first time since I started losing weight. And I was like a 3X, sometimes even a 4X. Yeah. And so I wanted to get some sweaters. And so I went to the store to get sweaters and I just grabbed a bunch of 2Xs off the rack and tried them all on and they were all huge. And so I ended up figuring out that I don't even 
I mean, I ended up buying like a zero X, which is like a size 14, 16. And then since then I've gone back to another store and I actually went in the, not the plus size section and I have like a size large in. Yeah. So it's like, well, if now my bottom half still needs to catch up, <laughs> I, but I have shrunk all my, all my jeans that I was wearing before are too big. That's awesome. So, that's like, yeah, I'm getting I, that's, there. That's the only problem I can think of with carnivore. You got to buy more clothes and then you got to be careful Lynn, cause you're going to buy more and then you're, you're going to lose more and then you're going to have to get more. I know. Well, I, I, if you ask my daughter, I wear my clothes until they're either threadbare or falling off <laughs> and that's okay. I used to hate, but I used to hate, um, clothes shopping because I never had any energy and it actually takes energy to try on clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and I never liked how anything looked at on me either. It's right. just like, ugh, it's like, I just, I pick something and did it fit? Okay, fine. I'm done. It right. didn't matter whether it looked good because nothing looked good. Yeah. Me, I was always trying to find the real baggy stuff. If baggy. people take a picture, they'd always do this thing where you're always pulling it out because it's too right. tight kind of thing. Baggier the better. Right. Hey, our good friend Rick, Charger Mopar, the 40-year carnivore. Have you ever tried iguana? I wonder how that affects allergies. You know what? He asked the same question when on JT was interviewing me. <laughs> I still have not tried iguana. <laughs> I don't know if iguana is high histamine or not. Do you have any plans to try iguana? You know, if I ever meet him and he wants to feed me iguana, I will try it. There you go. That's a good answer. That's what Maggie said when I was there. She's like, I was brought up, uh, when you go to someone's house, you eat what they put on the, the table. And Adam and I weren't complaining. We're like, we're going to eat whatever you put on there. But she was just Yeah, if you age like her, I'm not going to complain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you, you tell me what to do. I will listen for That's sure. That's right. Uh, Victoria Matthews says, question, where did you get your scale? And then Sherry said, what is the exact scale? Um, once the live stream is over, I'll go place a comment with the link. And maybe Carrie can pin the link or something uh, in the comment. It is a Renfo brand scale, R-E-N-P-H-O, but they have different different scales. And the one that I that I bought was not not expensive. It's like less than twenty dollars. And you download the app on your phone, and it gives you the readout of all the metrics. And on my when I do weekly weigh-ins every Monday, and I actually like I do pull in and show all the metrics so you can see how much muscle I've gained, bone gain, how I'm losing my visceral fat versus the subcutaneous fat, all the different metrics. My darn metabolic age does not want to budge. It drives me crazy. Ever since I started, it thinks I'm 62. And I'm still trying to figure out what is it going to take for that metabolic age to, to go down? Right. <sighs> A uh, question. After your plank challenge is over, are you going to continue with the planks? And are you going to challenge yourself with something else in February? So, yes, I'm going to continue with the planks. Already it's been six days and I'm already seeing a benefit from them. I feel like I'm getting stronger. Um, so my plan is to absolutely continue with the planks. I do have a physical therapist and he has been wanting me to do planks. And so now that I can do them, I will continue. Um, and I am enjoying this challenge so i will probably do another challenge i am open to suggestions though on what to do when you do a new challenge uh please tell me because i want to do it too i gotta get gotta get going with something and Is the there plank anything one, in particular that you want to do i'm open to anything fitness related 
uh, I used to, every morning I was going out and I'd get my exercise. I use the resistance bands and I really like those because yeah. I could kind of I regulate it. Band. Yeah. But, well, you know what? It's only the 6th of January. You can still start the plank challenge. Yeah, that's we, true. We have a lot of days, just like you don't wait until like next week to start the carnivore diet, right? Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. What are you waiting for? I yeah. You don't do need it. to wait. It's just a random number, January 1st, right? I'm posting a short tomorrow. I'm going to do the plank challenge tomorrow. Do it. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Got to have men in there. But, you know, I, at one of these points, I will do a sprint challenge. I have to get to the point where I can not tweak my knee and I'm almost there, but I, I have a tendency to tweak my knee if I overdo it. My physical therapist only wants me to increase like the speed and the, the, the intensity of what I do by 10% each time. <laughs> So I'm working up to it, but eventually I, yes, I'm planning on doing a sprint challenge and, um, I don't know. I give me suggestions. I'd, I'd yeah. love to have suggestions. Someone was just saying, uh, Wim Hof, just carnivore. The Wim Hof apps oh. has some great challenges. Yeah. I've tried what? his breathing and I almost pass out. <laughs> I haven't tried that yet. And our friend Jeff DeProsper has recently started taking some classes and doing, incorporating that more. So. Yeah, it's and I actually been doing his breathing techniques would be a good challenge because they're good. I know they're good. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you think uh, the lion diet could completely get rid of your MCAS? Um, I have had that question before and it's really hard. I don't know. I mean, considering that there's so kind of little known about it in the first place, I think we're still in that phase of the disease where we're trying, still trying to figure out like what works with it and what doesn't, but avoiding the histamine is really important. And so whether it gets rid of the MCAS or whether it just like, kind of like autoimmune diseases where maybe it's in remission so that you're not really having symptoms, either way, I'm happy. Right. Now the hereditary alpha tryptosemia is genetic and it basically means that when my mast cells degranulate, one of the chemicals that it releases is called tryptase. And my my mast cells produce extra copies. And so that's never going to go away because your mast cells, because they're part of your immune system, they have to be degranulating. So I'll always produce extra copies of the tryptase. And that tryptase does produce some symptoms. Um, but the mast cell activation syndrome the jury's still out on it. I, I don't know, but I'd be happy if, if my symptoms are under control. For sure. Uh, Sheila B said, Carrie, your interview with Dr. Ede was excellent. I can't wait to read her book. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I was so fortunate. She get the book comes out at the end of the month. Um, she gave me an advanced copy and I started reading. I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to read this whole thing. It was like 400 pages. I started reading it. I could not put it down. And I, again, this isn't flattery. I, give credit where credit is due. I don't get anything by promoting this book or talking about it. It's one of the most incredible things I've read in a long time. I think part of it was just like Lynn with the depression, anxiety. I had that for so many years. I feel like most of my adult life I was searching for what I kept going on all of these and they did nothing for my depression or anxiety. So I'm searching for this answer and it is in this book. That's why I was just getting so fired up about this book. She spent years on this. The last several pages of the book are just all of these sources and science and it's 
I can't wait till it comes out so people can see it because I really truly believe it's going to help so many people that are hopeless with depression or anxiety. Um, it's just so well done. And all of the arguments that people bring up about eating the proper human diet, they're all asked and answered and referenced with sources in there. And it just reads so smoothly. So uh, thank you, Sheila, for the nice words. Uh, but all credit to Dr. Eat. It's, a, it's an incredible. I, I can't imagine. I can't even. I get stressed thinking about the amount of work that had to go into that book. It's it's just so well done. Um, so yeah, if anyone's interested in that, it's uh, her website is diagnosisdiet.com. I'm going to write um, that down. I'm part of a, it's kind of a low carb book club every Sunday. Yeah. And we're, we're doing right now, we're doing the obesity code by Dr. Jason Fung. Dr. Fung. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But we're, yeah, that, that we're doing Dr. Barry's book next. Which yeah. one? Uh, the lies, my doc, lies, your doctor, my doctor. Told okay. Me. Yeah. Yep. So we're doing that next, but that would be a good one to do. So Dr. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's so good. It comes out January 30th, but people can pre-order it right now, which I did myself, but she gave okay. me a, a early copy because I interviewed her yesterday and yeah, it was, it's incredible. It's so good. And the thing I like about it too, is it doesn't, you don't just go all the way through it, even though of course I'm a big pro proponent of carnivore and most of us here are. It doesn't just go through and say do carnivore. It actually shows how to ease into it properly and different options depending on you know your background and things like that. Uh, there's recipes in it at the end of it too. It's yeah, it's really good. Nice. Uh, Ryan Patrick White is asking, what type of beef is not aged? Hmm. You kind of just have to ask the butcher or ask or call the rancher. Like I get mine from a local ranch. And so I actually called to ask how long is it, does it hang? So technically speaking, hanging less than 30 days is technically not aged when it comes to beef. Um, same thing with aged cheeses. If it's less than 30 days, uh, some, some sources say up to eight weeks. So it really varies. But honestly, when it comes to histamine reactions, even the like official lists are completely subjective because there's no way of actually measuring histamine in food. What they do is they have a wide base of people who provide feedback on whether they react to certain foods. And so it's very individual. So like if you, they say that aged beef is higher in histamine, it's because so many people had a reaction to it. It's not because they actually measured histamine levels in it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it really, you know, you need to ask though, like how long does it hang before the, the butcher, you know, breaks it up into the pieces? Like ours is like four, 10 to 14 days. Um, and I've had to email, like if I go to a grocery store, um, I'll look at the ranch, like I'll look it up on the internet. Like if, if there's a brand that I haven't seen, I thought, oh, maybe this is good. I'll actually look them up on the internet and I'll send them an email and ask them how long it's aged before they process it. And they'll usually get back to me. It takes a little bit of extra effort to, to get that information from the, you know, but once you find, you know, a rancher or a brand in the store and you verified that it's not aged very long, then keep buying it. Right. You like it. Um, Arlene asks, what does Lynn think about starting amino acids? I've used lysine for years for cold sore. I chew them up and work. Todd and Lindy and Michael's coach Raymond is trying amino acids. 
that's not an area that I've explored. I know that lysine is really good for, for, for cold sores. Um, I have to, with everything, any supplement that I try, I have to look and see where it is on the, my histamine list. So it's just one of those things I haven't even looked into yet. So I wish I could give you more information that, but I haven't gone there yet. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, neither, neither. I don't know anything about that either, but maybe someone else in the comment knows yeah. a little bit more. I have to be careful with supplements. I know that if it's in a tablet form, like Lysine, yeah, I think it's in a tablet form is better, but I have to watch for dyes, particularly yellow dye is high histamine, but also a lot of capsules are, the capsule is gelatin and gelatin is high histamine. So I have to really be careful that I don't take too many things that have the gelatin capsules or my gut is going to scream at me. Ellie, shout out Nourishment Redacted. Uh, what's, what is the book's title? Uh, change your, I'm going to show you guys real quick. It's change your diet, change your mind. And there it is. Georgia Ede. So yeah, I can, you can pre-order it on Amazon or her website is diagnosis diet, but it's change your diet, change your mind. I wrote that down too. And then Victoria Matthews says, question for Lynn. You are an inspiration. I'm on day 25. What helped you keep going the most? What helped you stay focused? Well, thank you so much, Victoria. I appreciate so much comments like that. Um, you know, I think part of it was how bad I felt was, was I just kept remembering how bad I felt. And Honestly, I talked a lot in my earlier videos just about the psych the psychology of making this type of a change in your life. And it was really just making a firm decision that that I was going to do it. And one of the in, in unwavering in that decision. And then I think a big key was watching other carnivores, watching YouTube channels and listening to people's stories because it reminded me that not, number one, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one doing this. Number two, I'm not crazy for doing this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then number three, you can see the, the health benefits that other people have. And so it's really motivating to see that this could be me down the road. Yeah, you know? I love that. That's such a huge thing. I used to think when I'd see some of these groups like... Um, I, uh, I'm in Dr. Barry's group, for example, but early on, I'm like, why do I need a group? You just eat meat and you don't think about it. But there's a huge thing to the community and being able to talk to like-minded oh, yeah. people and see their progress when we're living in a world where everyone's eating sugar and junk food and that's the, that's the social norm. Um, so yeah, getting yeah, you in a, group have a community and, because people out there that don't understand this diet will make you think you're crazy. Mm -hmm. And then they like to put seeds of doubt in your mind. Like, you know, the whole thing about orange is going to, you're going to have a heart attack. What about your cholesterol? If you don't watch these, the other people and they talk about this, the doctors like Dr. Ovedia, you know, you're going to let those comments get to you and make you scared. And that's the thing, you know, you don't want to be afraid of the diet you're on. You know, it's not anything to fear, but other people that are outside of the community can make you feel that fear and that's yes. not good for you yeah there's a weird thing that goes on with things becoming mm -hmm. a social norm 
where it's like that's things have just always been this way before and those social norms are so powerful when everyone's like eh, eating sugar and seed oils and processed food and junk food that's just normal you're going to be fine when everyone's doing that going against it's really tough so and no one's fine i mean look at the health of our society right it's the opposite yeah. of reality there's so much I mean, stuff in life because, just because people are thin doesn't mean they're healthy Mm -hmm. And we have a ton of a, you know, huge obesity epidemic, but there's all these thin people that are really unhealthy too. You know, I took care of them in the hospitals. You right. know. Um, oh, come on. Three more. Three oh, more. Oh my goodness. Really? We're going to check you guys. Come on. Three more. Subscribe to Lynn's channel. It's in the description below. It's scrolling on the bottom of the page. Midlife carnivore. We got to get to a thousand. Well, we got a question from common sense believer uh lynn uh tucker carnivore all the foods you mentioned are all high in terramine. terramine yeah there's histamine is not the only issue with foods there are other other chemicals too that can cause problems so it, it's i'm kind of simplified simplifying you know the issue by focusing on histamine but yes absolutely there's there's other things that people react to besides just histamine Let's see. I think we got one more question. If anyone else has a final question, please put it in the side there with a QQQ. Ricky says, no fibromyalgia, no joint pain, no headaches, no cravings, sleep better, energy. My testosterone is through the roof. Total cholesterol 651, triglycerides 89, HDL at 85, LDL are large particles, which is good. It's Beautiful. a good ratio. Congratulations, That's Ricky. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, the testosterone thing, I haven't had mine measured, but I've heard that from a lot of people as well. Uh, it seems like a common theme. All these things seem like a, you start hearing these over and over again. No joint pain. Yep. No headaches, no cravings, sleep yeah. better. It's, yeah. Like your body's behaving like it's supposed to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go figure. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dr. Barry said one time, he's like, at 50 years old, you should be a dangerous human being. It's like, whoa, that's I pretty cool that. the way he's putting it. I do too. Well, that's um, true. I love that because not only do you have the, you should be physically fit and you should be strong, but you have the life experience too. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's check this one one more time. 997. Come on, just three more. Wow. I'm going to, we're going to present. Let's see he always leaves me such amazing comments and supportive comments on my videos. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to hit the refresh button. It was at 980 the last time we checked. Refresh. Hey, there we go. 1.02K. Let's go. Oh, thank you, guys. That's awesome. Yeah, I love That's it. So cool. I love it. Well, you know, when it comes to, I think that one reason why um, I really want to spread the word about mast cell disease to in the, within the carnivore community is that there's people who maybe don't necessarily get the results that they want to get. And, you know, they say, well, I tried the carnivore diet, but like I had, you know, issues. I had my gut didn't feel good or, you know, I got headaches or something, you know, happened or like with, you know, or I was nauseated and, and it may be that they may have histamine issues and it's not just muscle disease. There's people that genuinely have histamine intolerance. Right. And if they can just tweak it and maybe be aware that there's, you know, you may need to narrow your, the, the, your diet a little bit more and those symptoms will go away. I mean, at least try it and see what happens. You know, you mentioned Adam, he's doing it and he's feeling better. Yeah. You know, 
So it, it, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, basically. Right. You know, maybe that the carnivore diet just needs tweaking for you, just like the people with autoimmune disease or myself with my immune system disease, where you need a stricter diet and um, you'll feel great. Right. I always tell people too, like if you're doing carnivore, it's not that hard to go from carnivore to lion, especially, and it doesn't have to be like, no, I'm not. doing this forever. Mm -hmm. It's permanent. Like, no, let's just try it for a while. It's a total yeah, elimination it's like an elimination. Diet. It's like an elimination diet. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I have, but I found that I just love beef. Mm -hmm. I feel better and lamb. I, I love lamb too. I feel the best when I eat the beef and the lamb. I hear that over and over again. It was, I did lion diet for 60 days and I, I was saying the exact same thing. It's so true. I gotta, I gotta go back on lion. I, I keep making excuses, but Carrie here for the carnivore diet movie. And thank you so much for watching our YouTube videos and listening to our podcast. It's because of you and your support that we're able to do this carnivore diet documentary. We're making great progress and I'm not going to stop until we reach millions of people. But we still need to raise more funds in order to film this properly to the level needed to get in on one of these big streaming services. So we're asking for your help. If you would, please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. And once you're there, you can sign up for free to our email newsletter. And once a week, we'll be sending out updates behind the scenes. Uh, we'll tell you about new meetups. We'll give you special invites and things like that. Completely free. Sign up there. The other thing you can do at the website is purchase our little portable travel size Redmond salt shaker with a keychain holder. People have been loving these. We offered them on our 24-hour live stream. You can purchase these right on the website. And every proceed, every penny that we get from profit goes right towards the carnivore diet documentary. And the other thing we have there are the water bottles, and the cutting boards. They're completely customizable and you can engrave them. Every penny from those goes to support the Carnivore Diet documentary. You can also uh, link on over to the GoFundMe. That's where we'll get the most bang for your buck is there. So please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. Thank you. Emma makes so much bacon at home. It's so hard. Like, oh, do lion diet. She's got a thing, big pound of bacon sitting right there. It I'm was like, hard for me to say goodbye to bacon because I love bacon. I mean, who doesn't love bacon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that was probably the harder part about going on the lion diet was the bacon. <laughs> right. But I feel and better. I and I love cheese. It just doesn't love me. Right. I like, like Michaela Peterson, you know, nothing tastes as good as feeling good feels right and i and, remember her saying that it's like i gotta claim that as my mantra yeah and as easy as carnivore is compared to the standard american diet where we're eating 20 times a day with all these different ingredients and all that stuff carnivore is so easy lion is even easier it's just like beef oh, salt, yeah. And water. Like, yeah couldn't simplify it much it's more than that question with a super chat there oh let's see um gail herrick question lynn i think you said one time that you had a lap band uh, how do you enough? I have one and I worry about if I'm eating enough. I do not have a lap band. I did mention that I was, um, going to a bariatric surgeon for a while and they wanted to do a gastric sleeve surgery on me. Um, and I'm glad that I didn't do it. I mean, they put me, they put me on their diet cause they wanted me to weight, lose a certain, you know, percentage of, you know, show that I could lose weight. 
uh, lost, we lost Carrie <laughs> and I ended up gaining weight. <laughs> so, um, they did put me on a, uh, Fentramine, which is a weight loss medication. And I lost weight with the Fentramine. I lost like 50 pounds, but then it stopped working. And if you ever go to um, somebody like a specialist in weight loss and they'll just show you all these medications, they all have a lot of them. Well, they have cardiac side effects. And so I did try the Fentramine because that one had the least amount of cardiac side effects. But once it stopped working, I just decided, no, I don't want to go on any of the others. And so I, I fortunately, I, I actually gained weight on their diet. So I didn't qualify for the surgery. And I'm so glad now that I, that I didn't like, especially working in GI, um, I get to hear all of the horror stories from people who had these surgeries and ended up miserable and having complications. And it could be years afterwards that they're having, still having complications from these surgeries. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Gail, for that. Sorry, I dropped off. For yeah, at least with the lap band, um, you know, you can get it removed. Right. You know? So that's good. And yeah, it would be a concern about not eating enough because you can't eat, yeah, you can't eat large quantities of food. And it's really important to make sure you're nourishing yourself. You know, the whole purpose of the lap band is to restrict your intake, right? It's because, you know, reduce those calories. But the book, you know, the book we're reading for our book club, by you know, the obesity code shows that that calories in calories out does not mean anything. You know, so I don't know. I would be really tempted to get the lap band removed if it was me and just go crazy with the carnivore diet and eat as much as you want. Hmm. But I'm not giving you medical advice. It's up to you. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Gail, for the super chat. Uh, Anne asks, uh, have you heard about anyone developing silent reflux since carnivore might be because of weight loss? I mean, about a third of people already have silent reflux. Um and so it's hard to say, honestly, if people experiencing it because of the carnivore diet, it could be, it depends too. Like you have, you have your gallbladder, don't you have your gallbladder? Um, you know, are you fat adapted? Sometimes, it, you know, people go on the carnivore diet, they don't have a gallbladder or, and they need to kind of taper up on the fat. Otherwise they might have more like reflex type symptoms, sometimes a little bit of nausea with that. Um, but I haven't really heard anything about it. And honestly, most of the time people don't know they have silent reflux because that's why they call it silent is because they, you know, they usually don't know they have it until they start having throat symptoms because all of that stimulation um, of the, in the lower esophagus, because it's a tube, you know, and it's all full of nerves. You, you get that reflux in the lower esophagus and you start having symptoms in the up, up here. And that's typically when people like they go, what's wrong with my throat? Sometimes they'll go to an ear, nose and throat doctor first and then get referred to GI. And then they'll end up with an, uh, having an endoscopy. Sometimes they have to have the esophageal manometry and figure out that they're reflexing and they didn't even realize it. But with that said, they're going to put you on a proton pump inhibitor if they figure that out and suppress your acid. It's better to, if you're dealing with that to back off on the fat and slowly get fat adapted and let your body adjust. I was having on unsilent reflex when I first started the carnivore diet. I was having a little bit more acid mm. reflex, but now I don't have any I adjusted. 
It's so nice having Lynn and a, a nurse on here answering some of these questions because that was a great answer. I had, it's funny, I keep having these flashbacks in my things, but I had an endoscopy done where I believe they said I had silent reflux. Like it was all inflamed and yeah. I ended up on a Masrapol or something after that. Um, but I had the same thing starting carnivore, like you just mentioned, Lynn, uh, regular acid reflux that I could feel. And I noticed, I don't know if other people know this, I'll just mention it quickly. When I would eat steak and I would drink too much water, like right around the time I was eating, it would get really bad. And I heard advice from someone like, just don't drink any water while you're eating, give it a half hour or something. That really helped me, especially the first yeah. couple of weeks on carnivore. Man, I had that acid reflux pretty bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't, don't drink water. You don't want to dilute your stomach acid. Um, and then the weight loss, often people will do better with their acid reflux with the weight loss because that excess belly fat pushes, puts upward pressure on your diaphragm and that can make reflux worse. Mm. Um, and so typically weight loss will help from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any acid reflux at all anymore. And I suffered from yeah, that for I don't years either. before. Yeah, me too. And I was on a lot of, um, acid blocking medication and yeah. I'm completely off of it. That that always made me so mad too. I'm like for years and years, I'm taking this medication for acid reflux and I still have it. Now I'm on carnivore. I need nothing. So I'm like, why am I taking this medication? It's not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, um, me too. I'm late to this. Uh, does cooking meat affect the histamines? No. No, cooking meat doesn't, but if you leave it too long in the fridge, like leftovers, the longer the longer it sits, the more naturally it develops histamines. So some people are more sensitive than others. Like some people, they'll cook their food and then any leftovers, they have to freeze it right away. I'm not that bad. I can maybe leave it in the fridge for a day or so. But just keep in mind that the, it's really the length of time that it sits there that has more impact on the histamine level and also the, the whether it's aged in the first place or smoked in the first place. Sam has a question. I've suffered from migraines for over 20 years. Nothing helps. I recently came to think I have histamine intolerance. I know I need to do carnivore, but I'm struggling getting started. So... Um, Maybe go to my channel and watch my histamine video. It's really an educational video. And it's a it's actually a PowerPoint presentation. And I'm kind of in a little corner explaining everything. But I would say maybe start with that, watch that video and 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 learn about what types of carnivore foods to avoid and just try to avoid them and see how you feel. And because if you're trying to do carnivore but you're not feeling well you know, and you think it might be histamine, just, you got to do a trial. You know, I explained in my video that we all have something like a, it's like a histamine, histamine bucket analogy. And each of us naturally, our buckets are different sizes. So some of us can tolerate a lot of histamine and some of us can't tolerate very much at all. Um, but you have to avoid the high histamine foods in order to drain that bucket. Because what happens is, you know, the bucket will fill up and fill up like with water and you don't feel anything and you know, any symptoms, but just, just a little bit more and it overflows and you have symptoms. So it gets confusing because you're like, well, one time I can eat this and another time I can't. It really has to do with how full is that histamine bucket of yours. And, and so you have to give it an opportunity to kind of evaporate down so give it an, a chance, learn about it first, and then give yourself a chance to drain that histamine bucket and see how you do. Also, the, you know, you never know, too, when it comes to electrolytes, if you're just getting started, you, you might need to have more electrolytes. 
um, you know, but if you're using the electrolytes and you're still having headaches and everything, then I would say try try doing the low histamine carnivore and see how you do. Laura said, Carrie, thank you for hosting these interviews. I've been binge watching them all day and to catch you live this evening has been wonderful. I'm starting carnivore on Monday and Yay. I'm feeling confident. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Laura. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, stay, stay connected to the carnivore community. It's the yes. most amazing community. Awesome. Yeah, you got this. Yeah. Uh, Dent Trey said, sausages can't be good for carnivore. Right. Yeah. I mean, so there's a, I, I do have a, a lamb sausage that I get that is really clean. And, but, but with that said, I, I can only eat them now, I think, because my histamine bucket is really em pretty empty. Um, the inner, like intestinal, like the casing that sausages are put, are in like the intestinal, you know, it's usually intestines, right? Mm -hmm. Um, those are higher histamine. And then you have to watch the spices that they put in them too, because like, like black pepper is higher histamine, like paprika, cayenne pepper. There's a lot of things. So using the list that I posted on um, my histamine video, you can go through and you can take a look and see what spices and seasonings to avoid. And nitrates, of course, you know, and that's, that's kind of a no brainer. You don't want those nitrates in anything artificial, but even, things that are considered clean as far as nothing artificial can still be a problem for people with histamine issues. John Friesen, question, Carrie, do you have loose skin now after your weight loss? I do, I do, it's in my belly. It's actually kind of interesting watching it change over time. It's just like a flap of skin hanging over my belly. I was thinking of doing a video on it. It's kind of gross, but I don't I don't really care anymore. I don't, I'm not embarrassed by things, but I do, um, I feel like, Maybe it's improved slightly. I did lion diet for 60 days. And when I did that, I was doing one meal a day. I know the body can go into autophagy and some of that. Some people do fasting to tighten the skin up. So I feel like maybe it's improved um, a little bit. But yeah, it's it does definitely take time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could take a pretty long time. I did a five day fast and an eight day fast mm -hmm. also. But uh, I think that's the kind of thing that probably takes a couple of years. I don't care about it. I know some other people would. I've had people ask me that in the beginning. They're like, I want to start carnivore, but I'm worried about the loose skin. I'm like, you don't, you don't have your priorities. right? Loose, <laughs> if that's... Skin, loose skin is not going to kill you. Right. Yeah. The health so, conditions you're dealing with are going to kill you at yeah. some point. <laughs> I, I would take uh, I would take 10x the loose skin right now to, to yeah. feel as good as they do. For and you sure, can get but... it removed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know. Um, Laura Spath, I think her and her husband, I, th I thought I saw a video where they, they they had surgery to get it removed. But yeah, yep, I do on my belly for sure. A little bit under my arms, but mostly yeah. I had I had most of my weight in, in the belly. So and surgery is more dangerous when you're heavy, you know. I mean, it takes more, it takes more um anesthesia to put you under because the anesthesia goes first into your fat cells before it actually kicks in and affects you. So your body absorbs way more of the anesthesia. And um, so they have to use more. It's way more dangerous, the heavier you are. Mm. So if you wanna have the skin surgery, you know, it's probably gonna be safer because you're gonna have the less, less weight on you. Right. You know? Hey, shout out our friend, Adam. Speaking of Adam, Carnivore Today, another hey, great Adam. YouTube channel. Lynn, do you have any histamine issues with longer sous vide cooks? I haven't. Have you? I guess that's the question. Right. I know him and I have been emailing back and forth. Um, 
about the histamine issues, but I haven't had it with the longer sous vide cooks now. Awesome. And I do use sous vide all the time. And then I air fryer to get a nice crust, crust nice. on it. Yeah. I, I, I say I got to start it and then I don't because I have all these little procedures and stuff. I haven't done that yet. I still do the smoke and then the sear yeah. kind of thing. And see, yeah. So Adam and I can't do smoke. Can't do it, right? Yeah. yeah. I know he's, he bought this great smoker and right? now he finds out that he can't use it. Yeah. When he told me that, I was like, oh my goodness. I started thinking, I've heard of the people that get the, what is that? The Lone Star tick where they can't eat meat anymore. I'm like, well, at least you don't have that. But that's like my biggest, right. my biggest fear in the world is imagine I can't eat meat anymore. Oh yeah. Cause I can't really eat chicken. Yeah. I mean, chicken doesn't do well. And sometimes chicken makes my throat swell. So yeah, good. Okay. So he has not had any issues. Yeah. No, I haven't. I'm sometimes I, sometimes I feed things for a few days and I still haven't had any issues with it at all. Nice. Okay. It looks like we have one more question here. Can you eat store-bought chicken liver pate on carnivore? I think it would depend on the ingredients in it. Right? Yeah. yeah I mean, those, those things never have just chicken liver. Right. Yeah. You got to read the ingredients and look. And then, I mean, there's people who use, I mean, we use spices on carnivore. I mean, salt is not carnivore. Right. So we do use spices and in, in, in each individual, you know, has tolerances for some spices and not others. Some people can handle all the spices, but there's, I would look and see what other ingredients are in it. Right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Awesome. Well, I think we got through all the questions. Wow. Awesome. This has been great, Lynn. I am so, uh, I'm so thankful for you, all the help you're doing uh, with the documentary, but also just your YouTube channel and sharing your story and you're just a great person. So well, it's nice to finally get a chance to talk with you one-on-one. -on -one. I know we've been in the meetings and stuff, but it's uh it's nice to have a chance to chat with you. Yes. And hear, hear your full story. I've, I feel like I know you more because I've watched you on JT's channel. Um, I think one other one, maybe with Adam. Um, I don't think Adam's posted the video yet of, his interview with me. I was on the uh, the Lioness Lifestyle Live with the ladies, and uh, uh, yeah, I shared my story there as well. Well, this is awesome. I uh, hopefully it will help a lot of people. I'm sure it will when they hear your story, and maybe they had some of the same symptoms as you. That's why I always tell people it's so important if you're willing to do it, put your story out there and do yeah. your own YouTube channel because your your story is going to resonate with people. Um, there's nothing greater than you. You got a couple of comments here, Lynn, where they say you inspired me, Lynn, and now I'm doing it. And now my life's changed forever. There's nothing greater than that. That's what I keeps me going. Yeah, too. I'm, that's overwhelming. That's overwhelming. I mean, that means so much to me. I can't even tell you that. Yeah. Carrie here for the Carnivore Diet Movie. And thank you so much for watching our YouTube videos and listening to our podcast. It's because of you and your support that we're able to do this carnivore diet documentary. We're making great progress, and I'm not going to stop until we reach millions of people. But we still need to raise more funds in order to film this properly to the level needed to get it on one of these big streaming services. So we're asking for your help. If you would, please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. And once you're there, you can sign up for free to our email newsletter. And once a week, we'll be sending out updates behind the scenes. Uh, we'll tell you about new meetups. We'll give you special invites and things like that. 
completely free. Sign up there. The other thing you can do at the website is purchase our little portable travel size Redmond salt shaker with a keychain holder. People have been loving these. We offered them on our 24 hour live stream. You can purchase these right on the website and every proceed, every penny that we get from profit goes right towards the carnivore diet documentary. And the other thing we have there are the water bottles and the cutting boards. They're completely customizable and you can engrave them. Every penny from those goes to support the Carnivore Diet documentary. You can also uh, link on over to the GoFundMe. That's where we'll get the most bang for your buck is there. So please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. Thank you. Because, I mean, honestly, I started doing YouTube channel to hold myself accountable, never expecting. I didn't know that this carnivore community was out there and how right. wonderful everybody is. Right. You know. People say that all the time, but it's so true. It's just amazing. Like I've been doing YouTube for eight years before this different, like homesteading stuff, business stuff, carnivore communities by far. It's amazing. I don't know if it's, is it just our psychology because we're carnivores? We're a little weird. You got to be brave to be a carnivore. I don't know exactly what it is. We're proper humans. So we kind of get that with each other. We're There's getting metabolically healthy and yeah. we found it's kind of like we've found something that is a real true easy key to health and we want to support each other you know and as a nurse i want people to be healthy i want to help people and you know i think most people have that in them too that they yes. want to share something that really does work and you used a good word there a real true it's 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 like it's such the truth it's just like this is it it's like people are seeking that but it's like i have all the diets and everything I've done over the years, there's always like, man, this just seems weird. I'm counting these calories. I'm doing this. This just seems so true and so it's natural. Yeah, the other ones are hard. Yeah. 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 And, and I want to invite everybody to, and I did say, I don't know if you got the email I sent out earlier today, but I, um, I want to invite the audience to join me on Monday. I'm actually interviewing a fairly new carnivore. She's got an itty bitty little, like two subscriber YouTube channel. Um, but she is really struggling because she doesn't have any support. And um, so I've just invited, reached out to invite people to, to just kind of come in on that live stream. I've sent some of you links if you want to actually come in and, and offer her support. But, you know, at least watch, join the chat. I would like to, and want to introduce her to the carnivore community and show her that she can do this. There's a lot of support out there. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah so that's on Monday, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a Pacific time, 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Monday. Check it out. Subscribe to Lynn's channel. Check that out. Is there anything else you wanted to shout out or where people can find you besides the YouTube channel? You know, I'm horrible with Instagram. I do have an Instagram, but I I like barely ever put anything on it. And I am hoping to change that because I'm just like, I don't know if I'm getting too old for Insta, right. you know, stuff like that. I can barely figure out other things. Um, but yeah, my main is on my YouTube channel. And also if you wanted to, you know, send me an email, if you wanted to reach out to me directly, you can email me at midlifecarnivore at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, and some of you may hear from me too, if you've applied for the documentary, I'm, you know, occasionally I'm, I'm reaching out to people and sending emails and, you know, cause I'm digging into all your applications. Awesome. reading all your stories which are amazing that's great thank you again so much and thank you everyone for joining us i don't know if you heard my doorbell but the girls are ringing me now i gotta go ah. we had a big movie night willy wonka was playing we almost sold out so i gotta go help going, them come on dad up. yeah <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Lynn, so much. I really appreciate you. And uh, thank you, everyone, for all your comments and support. Really appreciate it. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.